We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. The trade deadline now, just about a week and a half away. We've got a lot to get into. Tons of trade buzz. We're going to dive right into it. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing? And I'm I'm really excited to talk the the Miles Turner deal with you when that deal came out i went oh i can't wait to get into this one with keith and so we've had to hold off a couple of days to get to really dive into it yeah i'm excited too this is one i wrote pretty extensively about this as an option and for turner for spot track and it was kind of cool to see it come to to fruition uh not exactly the way i wrote it out that i thought they would do it he got a little less money and couple less years but but these are extremely rare we don't see these very often uh, uh robert covington did this once when he was with the 76ers back in the day uh danilo gallinari and wilson chandler did this uh, several years ago but yeah this is a lot of fun when we get these different situations that we don't generally see so i'm pretty excited to get into it too um all right so let, let's just start there let's just let's just go right there so okay. miles turner gets a renegotiate and extend deal he gets essentially a 17 plus million dollar bonus added to this year. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in at right around, not exactly, but right around $20 million for two more years tacked on. Again, 20 million per season. Keith, when this first came out, there was the initial Miles Turner gets a $60 million extension. It's going to keep him with Indiana or it's going to keep him under contract for the next three seasons, add two more years onto the deal, right? Um, there was a lot of instant reaction of what they gave Miles Turner 30 million per season. What are the Pacers doing? This is awful. This is terrible. And I was sitting back going, I don't think that's what happened here. <laughs> There's something else here. And when the actual numbers came out, I went, that is brilliant. That's brilliant by the Pacers. That's the way to handle this. That money was already gone anyway. That yep. money that they were below the salary cap floor that money is is going to leave uh, no matter what. And so they just took it and they managed to give a little bit extra to Miles Turner this year in exchange for having him on now a below market value deal for two more seasons under contract, effectively making him a trade chip for at least two of the three, I'm counting this season as one of them, seasons that they have him under contract. And I don't think he's not even a, a trade chip this year either. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is one of those things where... 
it's a rare set of circumstances to even be able to do this. So let's break those down first. To be able yeah. to do this, player has to be extension eligible, which means they have to be on at least a three-year contract. But for renegotiation and extension, they've got to be um, in, in, in a four-year deal. So then to, but in order to renegotiate and give more money, they have to be in a spot where you can uh, use cap space. You can't just do this. You can't change the current year's salary unless you have the ability to absorb more money under the cap. So the Pacers, what they'll do is they will actually, uh, again, kind of just a weird salary cap nerd thing here. They're going to renounce the cap hold for Tyreek Evans again. Uh, normally, when you renounce somebody, that's it. They're gone. But if we go all the way back to the summertime, they renounced Tyreek Evans's cap hold to sign DeAndre Ayton to an offer sheet. DeAndre Ayton's offer sheet got matched, and that is the only circumstance under which you can unrenounce players. So they unrenounced uh, Evans and then ended up with uh, his money back on the book. So just some fun salary cap accounting there. That'll get, get renounced. So that'll give them the about $27 million under the cap. Then now what they're going to do is why it's $17 million? I've had a couple people ask me about this. Why is yeah. it not $19 million and bring him to the full max? He has $2 million in unlikely bonuses in his current deal. So what happens is you can't bring him all the way up to the max because you uh -huh. can't then have those bonuses kick and he would go over his max. So what it is is they're bringing him his base salary all the way up as high as they can bring it. Then if he gets those two bonuses, he'll go over the max. That's why it's they, it keeps getting reported as seventeen point one million. It's really like seventeen million ninety six thousand and change. Doesn't really matter. Seventeen point one is fine um, for most uh, purposes. Then what they're doing is from there you can drop the salary in a first year of a new extension. Only time you can do this by as much as forty percent. So he'll be up around 35-ish million dollars in base salary uh, after this, this renegotiation comes in. You drop that by 40%, that brings you down in about the 21 million range. Then they're going to drop that from 5%. It looks like after that, down to about the 19 million range. That's how you get to the 40 million plus the 17. It's it's really like closer to 42 and 17. It's like it's about 58 total million dollars. Right. Um, but it sounds that's nice how when you, you say 60. It. Exactly. Yeah. 60 is just a round figure. It makes it easy yep. for everybody to go. And, and it still could be you don't you don't have to go the full 40%. But essentially what you're doing is in order to keep Turner at a very team-friendly number for the next couple of seasons you give them a whole bunch of money this year to your mm -hmm. point you were 15 million dollars under the salary floor that was gonna have to get paid out anyway so now you're over the salary floor once this is signed and kicks in and you still have about 10 million dollars or so almost 11 million in cap space to play with if you want to make other moves or you take on some salary or anything like that still have the ability to do this and even though it probably doesn't matter Miles Turner remains trade eligible right now today. He could sign this and then they could turn around and trade him because there's no form of restriction because that only counts in a deal where you get more money um, than what's allowable in an extended trade. He did not get that because his salary is actually going down from year to year. So for a cap nerd, there's a whole lot of cool stuff that happened in the course of this dealing for Turner.
Now, see, and that was that was my big question. People were asking me, can he still be traded? And that was the thing where I'm like, this doesn't happen enough to where I sure. even know, you know, can he be traded <laughs> yeah. or not? And I'll be honest, I don't really understand why he can be traded when we look at, okay, LeBron got X percent of a raise and that's uh, so much more. So that means he's not allowed to be traded. Bojan Bogdanovic got this percentage of a trade. That's not hitting that threshold. <laughs> so he's allowed to be yeah, traded. But then Turner got... I mean, he he almost doubled his salary for this year, and he's still trade eligible. Like that, just from the 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 wide angle view, that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> and you're spot on with that. It didn't make a lot of sense to people who do this yeah. all the time. I was in multiple conversations with multiple other like cap heads, including some people who have done this for a living, and we're like. Can he like it, it? It just felt wrong that he could yeah, be traded. Right? And essentially, what it comes down to is you have to, even though this is a renegotiation and extension deal, you have to think of it in two separate parts. You have the renegotiation part where he got the 17 more million. That doesn't affect anything. That's just almost like here's a bunch more money, Miles Turner. Thanks. The extension part is what really matters. What triggers that six-month extend rule, which is where LeBron couldn't be traded. And I know you beat your head against the wall, as did I, trying to tell people when things weren't going so good for the Lakers. He can't like, be traded. He can't yeah. be traded. It doesn't matter if he walks in and says, trade me or I quit. Like Then the answer was, I guess you quit, because you can't be traded. The reason why is on the, the when you do an extension with a player, what there is is there's extended trade rules, and in an, in an extended trade, the deal can only, cannot be for more than three seasons, and it can't include more than five. Um, it can't include more than five percent raises. In LeBron's case, he got more than a five percent raise. Um, that's why he can't be traded. In Boyan Bogdanovich's case, his salary is actually going down from year to year, so he can. In Turner's case, his salary in the extension portion only. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only two years and it's going down in, in from year to year. It's going down likely will be 5%, potentially 8%. So it doesn't trigger any of the extended trade. That's why that, that that's why he can still be traded today. Now I believe it was Larry Kuhn. Who's like the salary cap for like regular layman's terms master in this. Correct. He's the one who runs the CBA FAQ. It's been massively instrumental in my learning and understanding of the cap. He brought up a very good point in this, and it was kind of a back and forth with him and Eric Pincus, who also knows the cap cold, like better than a lot of people even in the NBA. They brought up the fact that 
the NBA in any transaction, Lakers fans will know this, can step in and say, no, we're vetoing this trade because we don't believe it's being done in good faith or whatever it is being done. Lakers fans don't because that's what happened with Chris Paul. That happened in a weirder situation because the league was running the Pelicans. And, and had been but, shut down for a while. Exactly. And was, there were all yeah, kinds was, of things going on. That whole, yeah, it was just a big mess. But right. the league at any point, they could, the Rui Hachimura trade, if for some reason they're this feels weird, they could have said no, even though it met all the trade rules. You'd get into probably a ton of arbitration and fighting yeah, and all would, sorts of stuff. Right. That's why it doesn't ever happen. But there is an open question out there of, hey, even though this is allowed, is this what the spirit of these trade rules is about? Now, the reality is the Pacers did not do this to trade Miles Turner right. in the next 10 days before the trade deadline. That was not being being done. I guess nine days, to, depending on how you count here, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll leave it open to interpretation on that. But it is where it becomes interesting is six months. Let's say he signs us today. That would take you to the end of July, which takes him out of trade for over the summertime. My guess is this was specifically done with the Pacers saying, hey, we're going to give you this. Our intention is we're going to keep you. You're going to be part of what we're building here. But if something comes up in the summer, we're, we can at least be – we nothing blocks us from doing it. And that's where I think uh, this is. I think if they tried to turn around and trade him in the next week, you might have some questions about this. But I, 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 I don't think that's going to come up anyway. And it would be – Part of me is like, yeah, do it because I want to see what happens. Because, <laughs> you know, does it trigger something? Right? Root, root for like, chaos. Yeah, right. It's 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 a way like ninety nine times, uh, you know, hot, lower on the list. But the Dennis Schroeder thing, where he got traded OKC, this is kind of early on, and I traded from OKC to the Lakers. This was early on when we were going regularly, and there's a whole question of, hey, his incentives do they count because OKC right. wasn't a playoff team, or OKC was, and the Lakers aren't like. Is that fair to the player that these are now likely, unlikely that went to negotiations and all that stuff? I, I'm curious to see what could have happened here with the Turner thing. But, yeah, he's not going anywhere. It's Miles Turner's likely staying. And good piece of business for him. Gets a whole bunch of extra money this year. Good piece of work for the Pacers to keep him and get him on a – because this year's salary doesn't really matter to them. Who cares? It's down the next couple of years at an average of basically call it $20 million. That's great. You know, yeah. I can't find any fault at all with the Indiana Pacers uh, for nope. their side of this deal with Turner. This was a, a fantastic move. This is one of those moves where when the number, when, uh, again, there was that initial, wait, wait, yep. I don't think they really <laughs> gave him 30 million per season. And then when the numbers came out, I mean, just standing ovation, just a brilliant usage of being below the salary floor and making this work and, and creating, a, I mean, Worst case scenario, they've got Miles Turner for two more years now on a team-friendly deal, and they'll reap the benefits of that. They want to make a trade. That option is there. This this is uh, this is a great deal for for the Pacers, and I think a good deal for Miles Turner too. I yeah. talked about this a little bit for for Lakers Nation last night. I'm like, you have to factor in too. Like, let's say the Pacers had traded Turner. Let's say they trade him to the Lakers, and the Lake for the Lakers to then give Miles Turner an extension that would equal the value of this deal. They'd have to be paying him 29 million, right, mm-hmm. instead of. 20 million per season for the next two seasons. And then on top of that, if you're Turner, you have to factor in, you're getting 17 million right now. You can take that money, put it in the bank. You can earn interest on it. You can invest it. You can do whatever you want with it as opposed to, Hey, I'm going to get half of it next year, half of it the season after that. There's that time cost of money too. So this, this is a win-win for both sides for miles Turner and for the Pacers. I think it makes a, a ton of sense. And again, just one of those moments where you just think, 
yep, this they got this right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, one other thing related to this before we move on into a whole bunch of other news, uh, mostly trade-related. Uh, Jakob Pertle, a lot of people are saying, well, why aren't the Spurs doing this, right? He's a pending yeah. uh, free agent let's this just, summer. Uh, why would they do him. that? His contract is not eligible uh, for this type of um, renegotiation extension. He doesn't have a long enough deal. That's why this, this can't happen for him. He could be extended, but his salary is too low. He makes under $10 million, so he's not going to extend. And they can't renegotiate because, again, the contract had to, had to has to be on currently a contract that is a four- or five-year contract. So that's yeah. where we're at where Jakob Pertl can't be extended, which is part of why he's a very popular guy in the trade market. So let's let's talk about that. Jakob Pertl's trade market, um, there's still buzz out there linking him to the Raptors, but there's also buzz out there linking the Raptors to trading away their players so they are seen as kind of this swing team or a team that could flip between being a buyer or a seller depending on how things we're less we're less than two weeks away from the trade deadline and there's still a number of teams where we don't know what the hell they're going to do whether they're going to be a seller or a buyer which is a part of the reason why people are saying well this is so slow to develop yeah it's because teams are still figuring out life right now let me jump in on the Raptors just very, very quick because I know we're going to talk more about them a little bit later mm -hmm. but I will tell you you talk to anyone in the NBA right now, and that's team-related, agent-related, even some players, The you, you it might not be the first or second topic, but within the top three topics you talk to them about, it's going to be, what the hell is Toronto doing? Like, everybody is like, well, what are they going to do? Like, and it's, it's everybody is like, what is going on with the Raptors? You can't have a conversation that doesn't involve somebody bringing up, where is Toronto going with, with all this? So that's, well, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I yeah. uh, just, you know, just didn't want to forget that thought while it was fresh in my mind. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sure, sure. So, uh, Pirtle, I mean, could land in Toronto. We've also seen Boston as a potential landing spot. But I know, Keith, you had a point you wanted to make about the Celtics and Pirtle and... About this kind of being lying season, <laughs> what, what did you have on that? Yeah, so what we keep seeing is Jakob Pertl to the Celtics have interest. And it, it comes up, it feels like at least every week, it feels like every week mm -hmm. right now we're getting somewhere between two and six of these trade notebook pieces dumped on us. And it feels like half of them mentioned Pertl and maybe Boston on there. Well, a whole bunch of us who cover the Celtics were told, I'm going to guess by, if not the exact same source, but or maybe a similar source was, there was interest there before Robert Williams came back. There was, that's a huge unknown. We don't know what's going on. This guy is actually attainable for us because his salary is low enough that we can trade for him. He's not some 25 to $30 million guy. We can't get, there was interest. Then Rob Williams came back. Pirtle has also made it very clear he wants to start. He does not want to go in a free agency coming off the bench for a team. And he wants to start and he wants to be paid roughly probably somewhere in that $20 million average annual value range. 
That's probably not where the Celtics are going, knowing they're gonna they they have Williams and Horford signed for the next few years. They've got to pay Grant Williams. It's probably not something they're gonna do for a guy who would be be a big and a rotation big and not even necessarily a lockdown guy. You also can't play with Robert Williams. You can't play the two of them together. No. Yeah, yeah. So we were told there's no real interest. Now, somebody's lying here, right? Because mm-hmm. someone's either feeding bad intel to those who are like Boston's interested in Pirtle, or it's old intel that's not being followed up on. I tend to think it's maybe the the former the versus latter. the latter. Yeah. I see. I don't think it's old because too many people have it still. So one of them would have followed up by now. So I do mm-hmm. think somebody's still telling them, yeah, Boston's interested. Or we're all getting it, uh, you know, a line from the Celtics that is, yeah, we're not really interested, and they are. One thing I will say, Brad Stevens' big trade so far, you haven't heard a, a hint of any of that before they went down. The Derek White thing was shocking. You guys mm-hmm. can go back. We may have been live when that one broke, but if I not, think we, we might were have pretty been close. And that was like, what in the what is happening? Derek right. White. And then the Malcolm Brogdon trade completely came out of nowhere this summer. Like those were not things people were on before you got news of like, these are done. Um, so that has me a little skeptical on this, but the bigger point is that's what happens this time of year. People tell all sorts of, you know, Oh, we could never trade this player. Oh, well maybe, but we need two first round picks or, you know, Oh yeah, he's definitely available. And then it's like, well, yeah, he's available, but you need to trade, you know, all your entire draft and, three other players and, mm-hmm. you know, rights to your firstborn uh, child. Like that's not like, that's not available. So that's where it all gets a little weird and a little muddled here. And that's where sometimes, and we react to them too. We're doing it now. You've got to run with these rumors, but you have to take a step back on some of them and be like, okay, what's the real story yeah. here? Where is this coming from? Why does this make sense or not make sense? I, I talk about this a lot. What, what has the ring of truth? Right. There's some things where you can just you can look at you can say, well, I'm skeptical that this is actually the case. And and you can have some reasons why. But just know that there's there is incentive, just like there is ahead of uh, free agency starting up in in July. There's incentive. Yeah. And the draft, there's incentive for misinformation to get out there. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's just important that you, you try to, as we talk about a lot on here, to read between the lines and try to figure out what's actually going on and, and all of that. And that's part of the fun of this too, is, sure. you know, you're, you're almost trying to track down clues here and, and that sort of thing. And then ultimately um, you, sometimes you get hit by a big surprise out of, out of nowhere. You have these twists and turns and things like that. It makes it all very dramatic and very interesting, but it's, you know, and part of the reason why we get so into all of this. Yeah. I was not expecting to be sitting around late Saturday afternoon and get the miles Turner renegotiated and extend. No. Like nope. that was like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, and then it became, uh, it's, which this is by no means a complaint. My, the remainder of my Saturday night was spent in conversations of, can they trade him or not? Like that, that was fun for me. So that's probably says a lot more about where I'm at at this point on my Saturday nights and other things, but that's just kind of, you know, where, where we are with that. But all right, let's keep chugging along. Cause I know we got more news to go. Yes, we do. Um, un- unfortunately it was Lonzo ball, uh, nowhere close to returning that's coming out of Chicago. Um, yeah, not, not great. Like it feels like we're getting into season shutdown territory potentially yeah. for, for Alonzo, which is not the way we were hoping that this would go. Um, a big deal for Chicago potentially. I mean, he was, he was an important piece for them. I don't, 
I don't know what what happens here with with Lonzo and, and the Bulls. I mean, this is this is a big blow to Chicago if, if it's just well he's he's done for the season. He's not going to make it back in time. Yeah, that would mean he's halfway through that contract and he's played a half a season. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause he missed half of last year. He's looking like maybe miss this. This is also really important here. This is not sourced Intel. This was Julia Poe uh, wrote this for, I think the Chicago Tribune, I think is where she is. I apologize if I have that wrong. Um, but I think it's the Chicago Tribune. It, but this was a direct quote from Billy Donovan that he's no in the direct quote was he's nowhere close. And mm-hmm. it was, he still can't run regularly without pain. And he basically said until he can run one day and feel good enough to run the next day and then the next day and then the next day. And in that kind of leading to your of like, are we getting close to shut down? Uh, Donovan basically said, look, if he doesn't come back by the all-star break, that's a conversation you have to have is yeah. like, are we just going to say, forget it? Because there's two things with that. One is, is he going to be able to get back and help you like, and not hurt himself like without rushing back? And the other piece is, it becomes very hard after the all-star break to incorporate a player, especially one who's a point guard and going to have the ball a lot with 25 to 30 games left yeah. in the season before uh, you get probably closer to actually 25 before you get into the um, uh, playoffs and can do more harm than good. Exactly. And for where it stands now, right, wrong or indifferent, it looks like Chicago is continuing to push for a playoff spot. Yeah, and that's the other thing, you know, when we're looking at the trade market in general. I mean, just just in the in the in the interest of having a fun trade deadline, the league needs some of these teams to decide. Hey, okay, we're going to move on from from something, which can still happen. They can still sure. decide, you know, between now and you know, February 9th. But that's part of why we've seen such an impasse on the trade market and seen things be fairly slow to develop is we haven't seen teams um, be willing to trade away players. And there's a lot of reasons for that, which we've gotten into, but, uh, but nonetheless, you know, back to, to Lonzo, this is un- unfortunate. Hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's looking like it's more likely we're going to head down that path of, we just don't see him this season. And that's, I mean, that's a big blow. That's a big blow. And it makes everything harder for the bulls moving forward. Cause now mm-hmm. you've got a, like what certainty do you have? Yeah, you have a decent sized contract sitting there that until we see him play, it's really a bad contract now. Um, just to call it what it is, right? If 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 we can't see him get back on the court and show he's healthy for and it can't be a week. It needs to be he needs to be back on the court and out there for half a season or more. That really makes it hard on Chicago figuring that out. So just a really, really tough spot for the Bulls to be in. And this it, it shouldn't be forgotten. That Bulls team before he got hurt was really was good. They yep. played really, really well to start that season. I think they were a little over their heads to start that year, but not like this. Not uh, really good to an under 500 team, which is what they've really been for the last full calendar year now uh, that, that Alonzo's been out. All right, let's jump over to the Clippers. Not a surprise here, but they're looking for a point guard. This has kind of been known for for most of the season they're looking for a point guard out there the market we've seen them connected with players like i don't know mike conley is one that that comes to yeah. mind Kyle it, lowry for lowry is another one yep yeah, yeah. so they're, they're going to do what they can to try to find a point guard you know they're going to be willing to spend if it means eating salary or something like that but um we'll see what they what they can ultimately accomplish but if they were able to add a point guard that's where i, I do think that is the clear thing that this team is missing and that would be a, a piece like if you were to get 
like let's say it is Mike Conley. I think the impact on the Clippers roster would be larger than just typically what Mike Conley brings as a player because they so clearly need that skill set. So I think it could be there could be a pretty big shift in terms of what the Clippers ceiling is if they can't find the right piece to come in and play that position for them. Yeah, and I think a guy like like Kyle Lowry, if you used him, he has played played with Kawhi and won a title. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. also spent a long, long time. He played with DeMar DeRozan. So him playing away from the ball, not a big deal. He primarily kind of gets it up, sets the offense for the heat, and then goes and spots up now. So like that's not, not a big transition for him. Mike Conley's played off the ball pretty significantly. Fred Van Vliet, when they won that title in Toronto, wasn't even the point guard because that was Lowry. He was primarily played away from the ball and backed up Lowry. So uh, just just a you know bunch of guys who I think could come in and be be better fits because you can't have somebody come in who's like the point guard who needs a ton of touches and can really control the offense mm-hmm. because that's Kawhi and PG do that. You and you want yeah. them to have the ball, so you need somebody who can maybe get you into something and then go play away from the ball. That's why I think the John Wall fit's been a little clunky for them at times. Um, I think he's been better in the games where he is kind of a little more freedom to that we're going to run through you right now uh, than other stuff. So yeah, interesting there. And you said it too. They're not going to be concerned about taking on money. If it's like they do a slightly imbalanced trade where they take on five more million, whatever. So be it. They're, they're fine though. They'll do it. And, even an unbalanced trade too, where they send out two or three guys to bring in one higher price guy. Cause they think they know we'd be a buyout destination for a lot of guys too. Like we, we can fill out the roster through that. For sure. Yeah. They, they absolutely will be able to. Um, all right. What's big jump over too, to- they're going to get a backup center at some point. Cause yes, they're not cutting it behind. They just have right now. They're, they're, yeah. they've been running like Batum and stuff like that mm-hmm. behind. Yeah. New butts. Um, Jay Crowder. <laughs> he would trade Jay Crowder already. I'm tired of I talking feel, about him. <laughs> there's, there's, there, I feel I, if I'm confident of anything, it's that Jay Crowder will not be a Phoenix Sun after February 9th. <laughs> there you go. I, what, yeah, what, I, I would probably it, bet every single thing I own on on that statement. Like, that, is, is this so? The the way. latest news was that the Bucks were given permission to speak to Jay Crowder. Is this? I mean, there's been so much. So you've talked about it. Like, hey, there's. It's usually that trade that comes out of nowhere. Those are the deals that get done, the ones that don't get leaked and all that. And we've heard Crowder to the Bucks a ton, but there's so much smoke, smoke here. And if they're suddenly being given permission to speak directly to him, doesn't that suggest that, that there's probably something's going to happen here? That I think is one of those things where you... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That's a, uh, hey, what what are you looking for this summer? Like, because we don't want to mm-hmm. trade anything of value if you're just going to turn around and walk away. You know, what do we do this? Uh, Sham Sharani, I think this was on FanDuel. That guy, he rivals me for working multiple places sometimes. I feel like just at a, you know, a thousand times higher uh, profile. But he is, um, he said the Bucks' most current offer is Jordan Awara, 
Serge Ibaka, George Hill, and second-round draft compensation. Now the second-round picks, we know they offered the Rockets, four of them, for Eric Gordon, which then would have also included matching salary headed that way too. So that starts to... From Phoenix, all right, George Hill's a little interesting because campaigns had trouble staying healthy. I liked Jordan Awara. Yeah. Serge Ibaka, I don't, I mean, they, Phoenix may just turn around and wave him. I'm not sure yeah. he has any real, fills any real role uh, for them. I think Bismack Biombo and Jock Landale are both better players now. But yeah, I mean, that could make some sense. If, what I tweeted, though, is from Phoenix, I'm going to wait because that'll be there at 2.30 on deadline day. If the Bucks haven't done anything, that same offer is still there. That's not a that's not an offer I feel like I have to take today, unless I'm really worried that Milwaukee's going to go a different direction. Um, so I'm going to hold off on that, or I would at least hold relationship if you're James Jones with John Horse to say, hey, before you take something else, like come back to me, just let yeah. me know, and then we can talk. But I would be looking now from Phoenix. Combine this with the reporting that's come out that they're willing to take on money. Yeah. I'd be looking to do Crowder and Sarge. That's 19 million expiring salary campaign. You throw him in. Now you're up over 25 million in total salary. That puts you in the range to really go get a major player. I, I had said this on Twitter. Is that in a pick enough to go get John Collins? Could really fill a role for this team. Yeah. Like, that would be kind of interesting, I think, um, moving forward if, if I was Phoenix. So I, I would not rush into just taking, you know, cast offs and, because that is the trade you make when it's like, all right, there's nothing better. See you later. And if you know new ownership is coming into Phoenix, Matt Nishbia taking over, if he's really looking to make a splash, you know, there's potentially some ammunition there to to make that happen. So exactly, I'm I'm with you. I I agree. Ultimately, you just say, hey, look, Bucks, nothing else pops up. We'll do this, but we want to wait until the night. Now the Bucks can say, well, all right, but we're going to move on. We've got other targets we're going to go for, and they should. They should say, yeah. well, we're not going to sit around forever. But if you're the Suns again, you. You can probably get that or a similar value deal just about anywhere on the night. So why not mm -hmm. see if there's that home run swing and uh, if something pops up there. And in that mess in the West, they've kind of righted the ship a little bit as they've gotten Chris Ball back in the lineup. Devin Booker should be back relatively soon-ish. Um, we'll see whether that's before or after the, the All-Star break. But um, soon, Cam Johnson looks great in the games he's played for them so far. So yeah, they're, they're starting to move up. It's funny. The West is still super compact, but if you look at the teams, they're all starting to make a little bit more sense where they are in the standings right now. Cause it's kind of like, all right, now the warriors are up and out of the play. And now you lose tomorrow. That could be a fall of four spots in the standings. So it's, I'm not going to go too crazy about that just yet, but it's uh, right. you know, that's crazy. That's, that's going to be insane. If that continues all the way through. And I, I don't know that it's going to change all that much. Yeah, it seems like this is going to be just a fight all the way through to the finish in the Western Conference. It's going to be crazy. Going to be crazy. Um, all right, let's 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 get to the Raptors. We talked about them a little bit at the beginning. Oh, Toronto. What what are you going to do? I mean, we could, like, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., um, Pascal Siakam, I suppose, hypothetically. Like, there's, there's a number of quality players that could be put on the market should the Raptors decide, okay, let's, you know, let's make some moves here. Or the Raptors could go the other way and say, you know what? We're close enough. Let's see if we can add some pieces at the trade on the trade market. Like what the Raptors do could directly determine how active of a trade deadline 
we have or don't have with the number of pieces they can put on or take off the market based on the way the conditions are right now. Yeah, because some of these guys are guys who could really swing, yes. uh, if not the title, but at least, you know, who maybe makes the finals or conference finals. Like, dude, these are major players. Like, if, if a team that's pretty good could somehow add Pascal Siakam without, you know, really hurting too much of their depth, like that, you know, that'd be enormous. You'd be, you know, really well positioned to do something. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, Mark Stein, uh, Chris Haynes, their new podcast, uh, This League Uncut. Uh, debut episode dropped today. Go listen to that after you're done listening to us, obviously. Um, but Mark Stein said he thinks Gary Trent Jr. is the most likely one to move. I can tell you there's a lot of folks around the league who are like, that's the guy who's probably going to move. If for no other reason is it doesn't feel like he's going to be there long term after the season. Yeah. It's kind of the boat Norman Powell was in uh, when they swapped him out for Gary Trent in the first place. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. But then uh, Chris Haynes added, there are a few Raptors who are unhappy and they're just not not happy there. And there's been some other reporting uh, to that. Um, you know, there. Uh, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember who it was. Somebody had tweeted out. Hey, remember when like a year or two ago, Pascal Siakam got benched because he just walked off the floor at the end of a game mm -hmm. and then they, they, they suspended him for the next game. And it was because he was not happy, unhappy there. There's been rumors. Some of the guys are real happy with Nick nurse. There's a lot of stuff about Nick nurse doesn't as is going into the last year of his contract. So there's just a whole lot of stuff going on there uh, with Toronto, which is, you know, again, I said it before, but they're, they're the team. Everybody's like, what are the Raptors doing? You know, where are they going to go? What you know, the reports that came out from Shams this morning was they told teams, we'll let you know closer to the deadline. So that's like, cool. That, so we have which another helps no one of this. Yeah. Yeah. Helps no one, but except maybe Toronto driving prices. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I guess, but that's, I mean, <laughs> teams have got to start figuring out what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if it's, I mean, well, okay. For us, Keith, this, this could turn into <laughs> an absolutely berserk, uh, live trade deadline show. If suddenly the Raptors wake up oh, on February 9th and go, okay, we'll, we'll we'll trade some people, right? <laughs> I mean that that would be whew, that that would be absolutely insane. But if they're going to keep everybody in the dark for another week plus, like trades don't just come together in a quick thirty minute phone call or something. Like they, there's a lot of back and forth. So it, there's there's going to be some long nights around the NBA if the Raptors are waiting until the last minute to decide what it is that, that they're doing. There's going to be, you know, you think back to um, draft day where the Seahawks coach is sleeping in his office on his couch <laughs> and getting woken up at 430. But that's going to be executives around the Eat NBA. Pancakes. That's, that's right. Eating his pancakes. Um, um, I would say too, this is right now, this is where there's two things happening. There's groundwork being set for trades that may happen sure. in the next week. Um, leading up to the deadline. There's also groundwork being set for trades that may happen in the summertime. Uh, one of my favorite examples of that is a few years back, it was reported that Grizzlies were very close to trading Mike Conley to Utah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just the, the deals get too big. The salaries are too much. It's going to be, we have to send you four guys. Like you don't have four rosters, but it just gets very messy to make those deals in season. But sometimes it's, hey, we have the base parameters let's regroup in June, July, and, and we'll, we'll get it done then. And then the Conley to the U Utah uh, deal happened at that point. So sometimes, you know, some of the stuff we may hear about, don't be surprised if this resurfaces again a few months from now when we're into the, the off season. Exactly. 
exactly. Good point. All right. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, interest in him. I mean, which is, makes sense. Teams are interested generally in you know, bigger wings and everything. Uh, but Jalen McDaniels has, has some trade. You know, the Hornets are a team to, to keep an eye on, period. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on, on what the market could look like here? Yeah, the teams that, that Shams mentioned are interesting. The Pacers, the Spurs, the Raptors, and the Jazz. So none of the true contenders yeah. there. So, but got right account. I mean, the Raptors, it's just funny. Like, cool, yeah, because you need another 6'9 dude with long arms. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but the Pacers, like, yeah, that makes sense. You, you, They're basically playing four-guard lineups almost every day. So that makes some sense for them. Um, Spurs. You're just in collect talent mode right now. Get guys in. And then Utah, I think you're going to hear them connected to all sorts of people who may come available. So I think um, what's important to note here is anyone who's trading for Jalen McDaniels is going to do so with a very heavy understanding of, hey, you'll resign here, right? Because he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. This deal's not going to at all approach the Jalen Brunson type type uh, uh, contract he got, but it's a similar situation where it's a good young player, former second round pick coming off a minimum deal. You can't extend them to, to a number that's probably going to make sense for Jalen McDaniels. So he'll probably say no to any extensions, hit unrestricted free agency and get his new contract there. Maybe you could get him on the Dinwiddie extension. We'll see. That's, that would be about 58 million over four years. Um, that we'll, we'll, we'll see if that's where this one goes, but just, just a you know, fun young player to watch. Uh, he noted too, in the Hornet section, Mason Plumlee, Kelly Oubre, uh, drawing mm-hmm. a lot of trade interest. That makes sense too, two expiring players, uh, as opposed to Gordon Hayward and Terry Rogier who make 20 and $30 million. Survivor 46 is here. And so is on fire. The only official survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I saw there was something came out a couple of days ago, and I don't remember where it came from, but it was like, Hornets willing to listen to Mason Plumley offers looking for a first round pick or, or something like that. And I just went, Oh my God. Of course they are. Right. I mean, a first round pick. Look at my on. mailbox every day for a million dollar check. Yeah. It doesn't mean it, it's not coming. It just hasn't yet. So yeah. Every I, time the doorbell it. rings, I'm assuming I'm, I've won that publisher's clearing thing. <laughs> right. You know, no, have you ever heard that they, this is going way off the rails here? So we'll keep it short. The whole thing of like, we all associate Ed McMahon with not the one he was actually involved with. Have you ever seen that whole thing? What is it like a Mandela effect thing? Or what do you kind of? Yeah, I think it's we all associate Ed McMahon with Publishers Clearinghouse, but he wasn't. He was with a different one. Oh, um, it's a, it was a different, similar type thing, but not Publishers right. Clearinghouse, I think is what it is. Yeah, he was it ring the doorbell with balloons yeah. and all that and yep. a check. Yeah. yeah, his was a was a different, uh, different, similar type thing. But I was always oh. like, no way, is that true? Like, yeah, like like the whole yeah Mandela effect or like Sinbad who was made a genie movie that sure. never was made. And but yet somehow anybody our age were like, we saw that movie. Like, I know he was in a genie movie, and it did never happen. So yeah, Berenstain Bears, Berenstain <laughs> Bears, all that. Yeah, crazy. I got stuff. to flex a little GI Joe action on the timeline yesterday. Oh, there did you? A, yeah, there was a story. Um, Ira so yeah, knowing is half the battle. Uh, close, but not <laughs> exactly. Ira Windermere, who covers the Miami Heat, 
he tweeted out uh, Caleb Martin, who's on the Heat, gave an interview where they talked about Cody Martin, his twin brother. And he's like, yeah, if one of us has an injury, there's a good chance the other one already feels it or has already felt that injury. So I tweeted about Tomax and Zaymont, the, the twins from, from G.I. Joe, that when you would punch one, the other one would feel it. So, yeah. All right. Good. I, I was bringing I was back those, those how many references. Were like, I get that reference. Like, that, that's a good <laughs> call. That, that made me happy. Most days I feel very old on yeah. Twitter. But, but You make yeah. make references and people are like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I bring up Back to the Future and I get blank stares and I'm like, oh, God, yeah. this is... Yeah. Yeah, this is sure. what's happening. It'll um, be me and you in our in our rocking chairs on the porch someday. That's <laughs> right. That's right. All right. Let's get into uh, Bones Highland. Bones Highland trade talks. I still don't understand why the Nuggets would want to move him yeah. right now. A little weird. He He's been very inconsistent. He's prone to having really big scoring games, and then he doesn't do too much. He's, he's not a real great defender, and Michael Malone doesn't – one, he doesn't care for not great defenders, but it sometimes seems like Highland's freelancing out there and not sticking with the schemes and those kind of things. And that's really not going to get you a spot. Uh, when Jamal Murray sits, they start Bruce Brown in that spot. That's fine because in general, Jokic is running the offense anyway. Um, but Brown has been kind of the guy to start there. Uh, they've, they've been closing with Brown in lineups. The Highland doesn't close, um, obviously, and isn't going to close over those guys. So, I kind of sort of get it, but his salary's not big enough to bring you back anything you really like truly need. And this is the kind of guy who you feel like he could come in and score 20 points in 15 minutes and win sure. a playoff game. And I don't think he's going to come in and lose you a playoff game because you'll pull him out before it gets to that point. So yeah, odd to me. I'm not fully, unless it's, and we don't know this. These are sometimes the things you don't know. Does he want a bigger role? Is he pushing to play more? You know, he plays under right. 20 minutes a game. Like, is that what's going on here? And you know, is that starting to turn unhappy in the locker room? If so, that makes a lot more sense. But for now, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't fully get this one. And he's got the best nickname in the league. <laughs> like, you can't trade that away. Come on. True. Good point. All right. Let's finish things up. Jalen Noel, um, leaning towards leaving the Wolves. I don't know that this, you know, makes a huge difference on the trade front or like, I guess you can make him yeah. a throw into a trade or something, but I mean, he's, he's been okay. Like he did some stuff during the summer, during preseason that popped a few times. Uh, I remember seeing him uh, particularly went, went and saw him in, uh, in Vegas when the Lakers played the wolves uh, in preseason. And I remember walking away from it thinking, man, he's, he's better than, than I thought, but you know, he's scoring 11 points per game this season for the for the Wolves, not doing it very efficiently, only shooting uh, 28%. That's yeah, that's that's the issue. 28% from deep, 44% from the field. That's not getting it done. But why? I, I think it's just interesting that it's worded that he's looking at walking away from the Wolves. Are the Wolves, like, dead set on keeping him? I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. Yeah, there was, there was, and I actually wrote about him and Nas Reed as a combo because they're on the exact same contract, basically, which was one of those four-year minimum deals. We already talked about it with Jalen McDaniels, right. um, where you could be extended. You could get him on the Dinwiddie-type contract. Uh, Darren Wolfson, who covers the Wolves uh, in Minnesota, has, has said he, he knows a couple teams in free agency that are interested in signing him. So it may be one of those of, like, Hey, if you trade for me, you better be willing to pay me. But you know, where are we going with this kind of thing with him? So, yeah, I, I'm. If he was shooting like he had the last couple of years, feel a lot more like 
all right, Minnesota, you better be smart about this because you don't want to watch this guy walk away and not be able to match. But yeah, for now, it's a little like, eh, what, what are we doing here on on this one? Like, it's just it's it's just kind of kind of interesting news deal there. It's he's starting to feel a little bit like the volume has increased and the efficiency is not matching that increase in volume because he's playing more, seeing more shots. But I still like him. I still think he's a good player, and I'd still be interested if I could get him for $10 million a year-ish in that range, then maybe. But but you got to feel good that all right, the shooting is going to rebound and get back to where it is. And if you're not, that's that starts to get to be a much tougher sell. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I realized midway through there that he is a, a J-A-Y Jalen <laughs> and not a J-A-L uh Jalen so apologies for that Jalen Noel I did fix that um uh, but Jalen yeah, Noel it, noted watcher of the NBA front office absolutely absolutely so um you know I'll, I'll reach I'll shoot him a text later and say hey you know <laughs> uh, apologies apologies and let us one. know but, when after you get that what teams are looking at him because I'm, I'm curious yeah. yeah I'll say hey Please, so uh, you just tell me where, you, where are you going yeah, yeah. what's <laughs> happening man we'll, we'll keep it we'll keep it quiet um yeah. all right I think that's everything for today, but just expect, look, if we've got whatever it is, week and a half now till the trade deadline, expect more shows like that where we've just got a lot of different kind of trade buzz to get into because this is the time of year for it. We're going to get a lot of this stuff. Who knows? Maybe at some point we'll get to hit the, the breaking news button and uh, and we'll have a trade go down while we're on air. Hopefully we'll get to oh. use it a bunch on deadline day. Hopefully that'll, that'll happen. Deadline day will be live and we'll get to break down what's happening there but get ready get ready the closer we get the more you're expecting to hear the more talks are going to ramp up the more teams are going to get serious the more pricing is going to get realistic and all all of that kind of stuff so it's coming february 9th it's coming up trade deadline's almost here make sure you are subscribing to the nba front office show youtube channel to keep you in the know keep you informed also follow the podcast over on apple podcast spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts Woo. keith let, let, let's get ready it's going to be a busy next week and a half that's it. Yeah, get your naps when you can. That's right. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.